welcome to the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. My name is Tyler Kusunoki. I am an admissions consultant who works with international school students from all over the world to help them try to accomplish their college dreams and ambitions. And today, we are going to be taking a deeper dive into early action, early decision. What does that all mean? How do you get involved? Right? How can you make the best strategy out of all of this? Right? And so, as always, before we get started, if you like what you are hearing and want to support us, please be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your platform of choice. Do also follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date. We also are regularly hosting events both in person and online. So if you're interested in attending free info sessions with myself, real admissions officers, former students, etc., please do check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events. That's tokyoacademics.com slash events. All right. So today, let's get right into it. Earlier this week, I had a conversation about Common App opening up and the availability of a couple of new interesting early action options. And that sort of raises the question that a lot of rising seniors are probably kind of still sorting through right now is... What is my early action option? What is my early decision option? What is, what is, how does ED2 work? What the heck even is REA? So I wanted to take some time to first introduce all the different types of admissions options that you as a student and as a family will have. And then I want to take some time to go through a little bit about what type of strategies you can employ, how to take advantage of these different types of options and what these different types of options can offer you as far as strategy as well, but as well as limitations and drawbacks, okay? So when you are applying to university in the US, there are a couple big terms you need to know about admissions. There is what we call ED, and then there is ED2, and both ED here stands for early decision. So there's usually an early decision one, and then an early decision two. There is also what is called early action, so EA, and then RD, which is regular decision. Now, on top of these, there are a couple of different other options as well, right? Which include restricted early action, which I'm gonna spend some time talking about. Restricted early action is also called single choice early action. And then you also have the rolling process, okay? So those are kind of all your admissions options, which already is a bajillion ton. And that sucks when you just want a simple, straightforward application process. So let's break all of these down. So early decision one, is probably the option that most of you have heard plenty about. So early decision one for most schools is due November 1st. You have to submit everything, your entire application, all your essays, all that stuff by November 1st. And the defining part of early decision is that it is binding. And what binding means is that you, your counselor, and your parent will all basically sign an agreement that says, if I get accepted, I am going to go. Right? And we'll talk a little bit about why that matters in the current college admissions landscape in a moment. So that's early decision one. And the deadline for early decision one, usually November 1st. Okay. Next is early decision two. So early decision two has been, was introduced relatively recently. And the deadline for early decision two is usually a little bit later, around the time of regular decision applications. So January 1st through 5th. Usually around that time frame is where schools that offer early decision two will offer them. Early decision two offers you the same benefits as early decision in that it is binding. If you get in, if they accept you, you must go. But the later deadline offers a little bit more time for you to finish a particular project, take the December SAT, all of those different things. So there's a little bit more 
especially if you started your taking your academics seriously a little bit later than maybe you should have. Early Decision 2 exists for you if you really want to show a school that you love it, but you needed some time to finish your to finish making your application as strong as you want it to be. Okay, so ED1, ED2. Prepare for your next academic year on topics you need. SAT, math, science, English, and more. TA families are arranging customized intensive courses of study so that their children can better prepare for the next academic year. From private instruction to group classes, our students learn in their most comfortable setting with the right tutors. Start planning today so that you're ready for the next year. Visit tokyoacademics.com to schedule a meeting with us and learn more. That's tokyoacademics.com. Early action is you apply early, but it is non-binding. That's kind of how you want to think about it. You apply early. Most of the schools, their deadline is the same date as early decisions. One, early decision one. So November 1st. And you will usually hear back earlier. So anywhere from December through to around February. And it is non-binding, right? Meaning that you have an opportunity to evaluate multiple offers if you apply to multiple EA schools. Now, this primarily exists. This primarily exists so that students have some time to start evaluating scholarship offers, financial aid packages, because for the majority of applicants who are applying to university, tuition is way too high, right? And they do need a financial aid package to, to evaluate their options. And so for most students, right, that's what early action exists for. But even for students who are not going to be bound by financial limitations in terms of where they go, early action presents a lot of different options for you which I'm going to talk about all together with early decision and early action, early decision one and two in a moment. And then finally, we have restricted early action. So restricted early action, or what is otherwise known as single choice early action, is limited to a very few schools. Okay, Harvard, Stanford, Princeton, Yale, and recently this year, Caltech. Okay, you may notice that those schools all have a little bit in common and that they're kind of the best of the best of the best of the best of what normally people consider to be, when people think of universities, these are the schools that they think of. Okay, so what restrictive early action is, is that it is non-binding. However, when you apply to one of these schools via a restrictive early action policy, you are not allowed to apply to any other early programs, right? To private institutions, at all. No early action, no early decision, and of obviously no restricted early action. You are allowed to apply early action to public universities that have a non-binding program. You are allowed to apply to universities outside of the United States that have non-binding offers. And lastly, you are allowed to apply early to a non-binding program if applying early is what you need for scholarship eligibility. Okay, and I'll explain why that last piece is very interesting in the most recent news. Okay, so those are basically all of our options. And then, of course, you have regular decision and you have rolling, which means that you can apply at any time. Right. And then they accept you and you and you start basically on the following semester after you applied. There are not that many schools in the U.S. that do like full rolling applications. But so for what you need to know, ED1, ED2, early action 
and restrictive early action. So how does this wealth of options shape your school list? Right? That's kind of the meat of what we want to get into today. How does this range of options help to shape your school list? And there's a couple different ways this works. First of all, my general recommendation is you should always consider an early decision school. Do enough research to find yourself a school that you love enough to apply early decision. The reason for this is that the boost to early decision is no longer a little bit. It is now ginormous. There are several schools that have openly said that they are looking to fill at least 55 to 60% of their, of their incoming freshman class through early decision, right? Which means that you are in a smaller pool competing for the majority of the spots in the class, right? Because not that, not that many people are going to apply early decision compared to regular decision. And so you are in a smaller pool of students competing for a larger pool of spots compared to a larger, much larger pool of students comparing competing for 40% of the seats. So early decision is a must, and the boost to these are significant. Even if you look at something like Stanford, this past year they were around 3 to 4% in terms of their regular decision percentage acceptances, and their REA, which is similar in function to ED, was around 8 to 9%. And you're like, 8 to 9% still sucks. Yeah, it does, but it is three times, right? It is three times your chances of getting in normally, right? So... That's something to consider, right? Is that like even at the highest schools, even though the numbers are small, early decision is a significant boost, two to three times boost. And this has been true across the board. For Duke this past year, regular decision was around six to 7%. Early decision was around 21%. For Brown, early decision was, uh, regular decision was around eight to 9%. Right, early decision was 15, 16%, right? Um, actually, probably even a little bit higher. So early decision has clear advantages. And if at all possible, you should consider making sure that you have an ED school, right, in order to get in. This also holds true for ED2, right? So ED2, again, is something that you apply for later on. You apply in the first week of January. But that application in the first week of January gives you a whole semester to improve your grades, to take another SAT, to complete a project, to show leadership in a captaincy and a sport that you may not have gotten access to until your senior year, to really pour yourself into a community that you may have found that you love a little too late over the summer between your junior and senior year, to complete that mega research paper, right? All of to secure even better teacher recommendations, right? All of these things are factors that can go into why you may want to consider ED2 uh, instead of ED1. My general advice, have both ED1 and ED2, right? Because I guarantee you, if you're going through the college research process correctly, you most likely will have at least two or three schools that are at the top of your list. Most students don't have a number one school, right? Uh, they have a top two or three. So figure out the balance. And so when I'm working with a student, oftentimes we'll go through things. Okay, you're interested in NYU and you're interested in Columbia because you want to go to school in New York and those are the best options that are there and you seem pretty qualified to get into both. But Columbia has an ED1 
they do not have an ED2. NYU has an ED1 and an ED2. And Columbia's relatively, relatively, although now with the ranking system, with the ranking staff, who knows where they are. But Columbia, you would apply ED1, and then New York, NYU, we would save for your ED2. And so that's kind of how ED works out. You definitely want to do your best to try to get an ED because if we're just playing the numbers game, that's going to be the biggest thing. And honestly, at a certain point, all these universities are awesome. And so you really want, given how competitive things are, you really want to just do what maximizes your chances of getting in. Right? Do, focus on that. Okay, so that's ED1, ED2, how that all works out. The way EA fits into this is where things get interesting. Okay, because early action is non-binding, that means you can apply to multiple, 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 multiple early action schools unless you're doing REA. That opens the door up for you to be strategic with how you build your list. Okay, so as always, most college, most of your college counselors are going to recommend you to have reach schools, target schools, safety schools. You should all be familiar with this lingo by now. My general ratio is pretty aggressive. I usually push for around four reaches, five targets, and three safeties if they're applying to 12 schools, right? And we try to keep that ratio the same. So heavy on the targets, but more reaches than safeties generally. Um, partially because I'm very confident in the work that I do. But where all of this plays out then is that what I will always do when I'm helping a student build a list, as, as long as it fits, right, as long as the school fits, is that we'll find a few schools that are target, early action, that will release their results in mid-December. Okay, and that part is important. A lot of the major public universities have an early action option, but they don't release their results until January or February, which is after you've submitted your regular decision. And so strategically, it doesn't give you an advantage. You're still finding out earlier and not having to sit twiddling your thumbs and panicking until April when you find out everything overall. But in terms of the overall strategic process, they don't really serve any value. So I will pick a few schools that help a student identify a few schools they're interested that will respond in time and, and will respond in early December. And so what we'll do is then we'll go forth and we'll apply. But while we're doing that, we will also build a bench of reach schools, right? of super mega reach schools. Right? And so what will happen is that a student will apply to all of their initial 12, including their ED, right? They'll apply to their ED and they'll apply to their EAs first. They'll get those in. They maybe hear back from the ED one that they're deferred, but they hear back from the EA from the EAs that they've been accepted to a couple. Now that's great because what that means is this student does not need to bother with their safety school applications at all. Listeners of this podcast know that admission rates have never been lower. It's not enough to just have the high GPA. In this ultra-competitive climate, stunning essays make you stand out against your peers. Tokyo Academics Essay Counseling offers personalized attention by specially trained counselors familiar with expectations of each type of application essay, provided at extremely competitive rates. 
one of our expert essay counselors will create a customized plan to tailor all of your application essays to fit your narrative, goals, and background. We ensure that each essay tells a story only you can. We have specialists for schools across the US, UK, Japan, and more. Summer is the best time to get a head start on your essays. Contact us at essay at tokyoacademics.com for a free diagnostic today. Because why? Why would you go to a safety school if you've already been accepted to it in a target school?、Right? And so, with that, we can now bring, put this tar- safety schools on the bench、right? and swap in, sub in. The more aggressive schools that we were looking for. Because if you already know that you have a floor and your floor is a target that you're happy with and you've been accepted already, now you should shoot for the moon.、Right? And we will, make, we will become more aggressive over the winter break for those winter applications.、Right? So EA serves a very interesting and valuable function here when you are evaluating your overall strategy. Because the other re- way that I use it with my students. Is as a little bit of a litmus test for how a student's application is being read. right? And because a student who has a, the type of application right, that colleges are looking for will usually get accepted to multiple EAs, even if they don't get into the early decision, right? if they get deferred, whatever. Those are super competitive, that's expected. But for their target schools, if they are accepted to multiple、e、early actions, that means multiple schools want them. Which means they, have, they are good enough to resonate with the values of multiple institutions. And that's great.、Right? And that will help us emphasize. Now, if they don't get into any of their EAs, on some level, that's on me, right? But it also tells us that ahead of our regular decision, we should probably tinker a little bit with the components of our application, right? So while ED is the greatest advantage that you can get as far as percentages go, EA is the most strategic option that you have when it comes to gathering information that will help you utilize, build your list effectively.、Right. Okay, so that's those two, right? ED, EA. REA kind of sucks. It is it's such an interesting process because it, even though it's non binding, it actually is more limiting. And so It's kind of that duality of like, no, 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 once you get in, you still will have options. It's time to consider your financial aid options, but you can't apply anywhere else, right? And so students often have to choose between I want to apply to multiple EAs. Like that whole strategy that I just gave you about using EA to help improve your list and give you comfort heading into Christmas that at least you're going somewhere for college, none of that works if you go REA. And so that is something to consider, right, in terms of your overall mental makeup and kind of how you are considering the application process. And that's what these colleges want, right? These colleges at the top want to know that you are willing to give up all other strategic options to pursue them. Okay. However, there are some wrinkles being introduced. In my earlier podcast this week, the This Week in Five, if you don't check it out, please do. Really interesting, just short podcast on some important news topics that are happening throughout the week. What I talked about was USC introducing a new early action option. And they normally didn't 
used to do this, right? They used to only do it. They also, they only had one application deadline. And then if you wanted to be interested in scholarship, you could apply early, but that was not tied to our, or labeled as an official early action option. What's interesting about this shift is that they have now tied their early action to merit scholarship consideration. If you do not apply early action, you are not eligible for merit scholarships, which is interesting because one of the exceptions to Stanford's REA, to Yale's REA, to Princeton's REA, is that you can apply to a non-binding application if it's necessary for scholarship consideration. So now, whereas before, a student couldn't, well, they didn't have an early option anyway, so it doesn't matter. But now a student can early action to USC and still engage in restricted early action. So there is, there is that kind of loophole if you're willing to look and you want to engage, you want as full of a strategy as possible when it comes to how you are building your college list and how you are approaching your application processes. Okay. So, and more schools will look into this, but therefore also start looking into universities and their scholarship eligibility requirements. If part of their scholarship eligibility requirements is you must early action, you're good to go. Right. And so all that to say research, right? Like none of this works if you're not taking the time to research, right? A lot of kids are going to right now be stuck in this phase of, oh no, right? What do I do with my ED and what do I do with my EA? The answer to that is research. Look into the schools, reach out to students who are there, reach out to professors, reach out to admissions officers, go visit. The number of students who have come back this summer from visits and we're like, we're so glad we went just because being there in person clarified a lot for me about what I want about university. Amazing. Great. Right. Research, build your list, know what each school is offering in terms of their options. Decide if you want to go all in, right. Because you're aiming for one of these REA schools or you want a more balanced strategy that includes ED, ED2, right. Um, and of a plethora of EA options, right? Each student's list is going to be different. That's part of our job is to help you build one that's going to be effective, right? But when it comes to your application approaches, there's a lot to consider. There's a lot to weigh. Do so carefully. And if you have questions about how to do so, you know where to find me. So thank you for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusunoki. We hope you enjoyed today's topic on early decision, early action strategies. Join us next week for more on the complex world of college admissions. If you like what you're hearing and want to support us, please be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on your platform of choice. Do follow us as well and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date. Leave a comment, right? I'd love to hear from you guys and have a sense of what kind of content you are all looking for, what questions you all have. And we also do regularly host events, both in person online. If you're interested in attending a free info session with me and real admissions officers or anybody else, right? Please check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events. I will be hosting a why this school essay college workshop, a college essay workshop 
the, at the end of the month. You can find out more details at, again, that's tokyoacademics.com slash events. And in general, in terms of how we can maybe help you individually, please know that our first conversation will always be free. If you're interested in engaging and understanding how we maybe can help your family specifically, please do just reach out to us at college at tokyoacademics.com. That's college at tokyoacademics.com. And we'll set you up a time and an appointment. All right. Anyways, that is it for today. Uh, really start thinking about if you haven't, if you're a rising senior, haven't yet, please start thinking about your early action, early decision strategy. If you are heading into it, you're a rising junior, rising sophomore, start thinking about starting and researching your schools. Okay. Anyways, that's it. And uh, remember, the key to getting in is getting ready. <laughs>